how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. All right, hello, everyone. Uh, if you are watching this, you'll notice we are in a completely different space. In a completely different country. In a completely different continent. In, on the same earth. We are out here in London right now recording creator support, and we are at Tile Yard and TYX Studios, uh, who is our essentially our studio partner for the week. We're doing a bunch of interviews here in London. Um, we have the lovely Vera, uh, who is engineering this session. I'm going to get a video. Vera, can you, <laughs> you just wave? Can you just pop your head? Oh, there she is. Look. So you can see the setup. We'll include this clip in there. Uh, and if you're listening, then you can imagine. It's really cool. This is an awesome set. Everyone here has been lovely. Oh, it's, it's been great. such a cool, creative campus here in London. Just such an interesting experience. Our first time ever out of the country as a company mm -hmm. doing anything like this. We're here recording episodes with different UK-based creators. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we wanted to come out and see what the scene was like out here. I think London has been one of the emerging scenes. Like, obviously, the Sidemen have been, you know, one of the most popular YouTube groups um, that's come about. Yesterday, we interviewed Max Fosh. We're doing an episode with Mr. Who's the Boss, Amelia de Moldenberg, uh, the manager of the Sidemen, Jordan. So like, it's it's a very cool trip to just immerse ourselves in a completely new culture, learn about creativity here, um, hang out with other creators. We're having coffee with James Hoffman tomorrow, who's a coffee creator. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this on the way here, this concept of like AI. Now bear with me. Uh, what? So AI is something that we've all been talking about. We've been talking about training models, talking about how good ChatGPT is, talking mm -hmm. about how good MidJourney is, and talking about how... AI gets really good when it has really good inputs. It gets better over time because it has more inputs. So the output gets better. And as I came here and have been experiencing like a completely new culture, I, I've been like, oh, we need to value that in ourselves as well. We need better inputs and more diversity of inputs to have more interesting outputs. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I was telling you earlier that with our career now becoming podcasting, it's not that I have imposter syndrome, that like I don't think I'm, I can do this career. But at some point, I'm like, wait, I can't really talk for a living, can I? And I think... You're doing it. I am doing it, and I'm coming to grips with it. But I'm also realizing, like you're saying, when it comes to inputs, it's yeah. great that we get to speak with so many interesting people that have the inputs that are fascinating. But you and I also need to have our own inputs. Agreed. We need to continue to do things, to talk about things, and have real experiences <laughs> And we always have. I mean, we have done productions and, you know, last year we did the Mr. Beast documentary and we're always doing something that's like really different and creating so that we can come and actually talk about our experiences here. But this is absolutely that is like, let's create something here. Mm -hmm. Let's have an interesting experience. Yeah, it's great. The energy is totally different. I think even between you and I, like being out of the studio, being in a different place, it's just different energy. Um, what's been like one of the biggest differences culturally for you just being in London? 
Okay, so this is maybe a gripe as well. Oh, wow. An early gripe Way too early. on the show, Colin. I also apologize for not wearing the jumpsuit. I know there are probably a lot of people oh, who don't even recognize me. Wow. Yeah, who is this guy? I'm sorry. Yeah. Apologies. You're about to go hunt some deer? Yes, I am. <laughs> and I also have a hunting vibe today, which we'll explain. <laughs> okay. Okay, so here in the UK, it's interesting. Two things. One, not big on air conditioning. Mm, that's true. Gets Our flat does steamy. not have air conditioning, yeah. Number two, they don't have paper towels in the bathroom. Yeah, it's always true. the hand dryer. That's true. So sometimes up, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that well. Yeah. So you end up, you know, rubbing it all over your pants. That's mm. my that's my that's my gripe. That is true. You're yeah. right. I didn't mean to get into gripes here. Everything has yeah, been yeah. amazing. Da, 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 easy. Let's you know what's it. a delight? I'll tell you a there delight. You go. There's no culture of tipping here. Okay. And which is really that nice. was a gripe of yours. No, no, a delight, I said. No, I know. Tipping was a gripe oh, of yeah, yours. Oh, yeah, in the US. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to answer some questions. We're also going to talk about so much has happened. So I've been on break for almost two weeks before you got here. Yep. I was plugged out of the world. I didn't get a data plan intentionally, and I deleted Instagram off my phone. Hmm. So I was completely plugged out of the world. And then when I came back on, a completely new app had launched. Yeah. Threads. Mm-hmm. And we... I, I asked you, I was like, hey, do we have threads yeah, when like, you no, got I, here? I got As if name. I was like an alien, like on another planet. I was like, do we, is that something we do? Do we do threads? And you're like, yeah, we have threads and we have 20,000 followers on threads. And I was like, what's happening right now? Yeah. Threads, so, I mean, I'm sure you're aware, but it's Instagram's Facebook Meta's version of Twitter. And once you join, it asks if you want to auto follow, basically. Yeah. So for us, all of a sudden I looked at it. I think I posted once. I actually did a rethread because I can't say retweet of a Mr. Beast post where you could rethread, repost his post for a chance to win a Tesla. And I reposted it and said, worth a shot. Honestly, worth a shot. Worth a shot. Yeah. So th- th- I think it's really interesting that th- I think it was Jack Dorsey who uh, tweeted this, didn't thread it, but he uh, <laughs> he tweeted out this list of or, or kind of screenshots of all these platforms that have launched that are Twitter replicas. And he was like, where's the innovation right now? Like, why is everyone trying to do this? And it made me think, why is ev- why is everyone obsessed with Twitter? Is it is Twitter that good that it's just like, okay, we need to find the version of this app that is run by a person or a company that, like, wh- why, is, why is this concept of Twitter so uh, appetizing for everyone? Yeah, I mean, I think whether Twitter's good or not, I don't know, but it's definitely been super impactful. You think about uh, conversation as yeah. things start to trend and take off, obviously I in guess politics, news, in news. Yeah. Opinions. Yeah, you and, and it it's very localized. You know, it's fascinating. Throughout the pandemic, a lot of times I would check Twitter first, whether that's right or wrong, for news, because I could see what's happening internationally, nationally, mm-hmm. and then also if things are trending in my area. So one of the most the barrier to entry to Twitter is so low. If it's just a text platform, yeah. everyone can take part. Twitter's never been about revenue. And uh, Jimmy just tweeted on his subscription, like his Twitter Blue subscription tab, that this month he made $25,000 from the ads in the replies of his tweets. Okay, that's something. That's crazy. That's something? That's like Twitter's never well, been about... I say that. That's a lot of money. For him, Yeah, sure. something. Sure, but like on Twitter from doing nothing but tweeting and then the ads are playing are, are going in the replies. Yeah. That's significant. It's just saying like, hey, can you create some real estate where conversation happens and then we'll put in ads? Mm-hmm. That's really significant. Yeah. That's really significant. I, I've been thinking about it quite a bit of like, should we be uploading 
Should we experiment with uploading long-form podcasts to Twitter? I mean, Elon asked Mr. Beast on a tweet. Yeah. He, he said, you should... You should do it because the monetization should be as good, if not better, as YouTube. And then someone tweeted under that, do you know how YouTube works? Yeah, yeah. I don't think um, he's saying that, yes, it does work. But he's saying, upload it. Hopefully, we'll get it to work as well as YouTube. That's wild. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I think we, it's worth a shot in experimenting. But I just wonder why, you know, this this world is like, why we are so into this text-based well, content platform. Also, add to it. Elon and Mark Zuckerberg are going back and forth about uh, a boxing cage, match. A cage match. I don't a know. A cage yeah, match. So Zuck looks there like are so many ripped. other narratives yeah. that, that the news would pick up that people would find interesting outside of the fact that Instagram launched a competitor app. Yeah. It's really two very popular people now launching competitive apps and going head to head. And obviously, well a lot of executed people, by Instagram or by Zuck, I guess, by Meta. Yeah. It, it I was agree good timing. With you, though. I don't find it that exciting. I don't know if everyone else does, but I was like, I don't know. I'm I'm interested in what the next four like I've seen great tweets. I've seen great Twitter threads. I'm sure we'll see them on threads as well on Meta's version, but like I'm excited about whatever's coming next. You know what I mean? Like there was there was Vine and then Vine Stars went to YouTube and then TikTok, Instagram yeah. was really interesting. Yeah. Snapchat made stories and that was fascinating. And then TikTok came about with the for you page and it was interesting every time there was a new format or a new way to tell a story to see what people did with it. With threads, I'm like, oh, this is an old way to tell a story that already exists. Yeah, candidly, it, it's, it just doesn't interest me that much right now. Uh, I don't know that I have space for like a whole new no. experience. Like I, actually, it's been really nice to not have, I still don't have Instagram and I don't know that I plan to re-download it. I, I, there's some parts of it that I miss. Like I, I logged on on my desktop uh, and saw that I had messages from friends. And I was like, oh man, that I miss. Like I had like a ton of messages. Or, and I was like, I don't want to be the guy who doesn't message people back. But I don't know. I don't really miss it. I, I, I think mm -hmm. it's uh, it's such a crutch to like just open and refresh. Totally. Um, so, okay, so here's a question from Austin. He says, with Twitter seemingly self-destructing, what would your advice be for creators who run a Patreon and rely on Twitter's discoverability? And yes, I use other social networks like T2, Mastodon, Hive Social, Facebook, and Instagram, but don't get anywhere near the traffic I get on Twitter. Whoa. Whoa that, those some are, of those are a, but, a so, bit above our pay grade. Yeah, some of those I don't even know about. What yeah, are you talking about? That's know. amazing. Um, okay. Well, personally, I, I know that Twitter's numbers have been down in terms of usage. I don't think that Twitter is going away. You know, I understand it feels like sometimes they're in shambles. People post screenshots yeah. of... Twitter not working like it used to work and it's not the same app that it was. But I don't know. Something just tells me that this is a moment in time where Threads has launched and everyone's excited. It's interesting. They made it super easy to sign up. So like this is the moment where Threads is super competitive with Twitter. People are posting for the first time. The content on there is a lot about yeah. the competition between the two platforms. I think it'll be interesting to see in two to three weeks or in two months. Personally, I think if Threads was integrated with, uh, and I know, Austin, we're not necessarily answering your question, but now we're a little bit into the Threads conversation. I think I'm saying a little bit to Austin, like, I don't know if I would worry that much oh, if I were you. about Twitter. But he's yeah. just saying he's not getting the same discoverability, right? Or is he saying that he's worried about it? I thought he was saying that he's worried about okay, it. Okay, let me read it again. But I will say on Threads, what, what would be exciting to me is if it was paired with Instagram. But it kind of is, right? They made it easy to follow. You can share through but, Instagram but if you're stories. On, okay, so again, I don't have Instagram currently. So yeah, yeah. if you're, I'm off, filling you in because you've if, been. Yeah, I've been, I've been off the grid. Yeah. So if you open Instagram, 
can you engage in threads? No. I have to open another app. Yeah, it should yeah, just that, be like no, a it should tab, be, it should be a, a text tab, tab It should Instagram. be the same way that you swipe to, to the right to get to messages, you should swipe one more time to get the threads. Which it probably will be at some it point. It should be. It, sh- it should not be a completely different app. Which, exactly, argues, is it... I mean, do you remember when Reels was a different app? Was it? Yeah, I just deleted... Uh, no, you know what I just deleted off my phone? Huh. IGTV. That the one. Standalone yeah, yeah, app sorry. So no, maybe video. it wasn't Reels, but it was IGTV. Like, don't do not do that. Everything should be in one place. Don't make me click on another thing. Yeah. Like, I, even the concept of downloading another app like Threads is, like, so overwhelming to me. Like, just let me... The smart thing, in my opinion, is, like, it's built into Instagram. Yeah, someone on Twitter asked us, like, I need to get Colin and Samir's take on Threads. You just got it. I think I wrote back, though. I wrote back, I was like, it looks like Instagram with the captions on top. <laughs> or Twitter. If the captions come on top. I'll send, I'll it, send back. it back. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I I don't know. Like, I, I agree. Like, Twitter's not really self-destructing. It's still around. We still get a ton of engagement. We posted about our Dream episode, uh, and Dream's fan base is, like, completely rabid on Twitter, and, it, like, these those tweets did extremely well. Jimmy's tweets do well. Like, the, the audience is still there on Twitter. I don't know. Like, yeah, I would say I, maybe, I don't really see it changing right now from a creator perspective. Maybe, obviously, start posting to threads start thinking about other platforms that have a really low barrier to entry. Um, but ultimately, yeah. you want to think about where's your audience? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Outside of Twitter. Yeah. Your audience must be somewhere else. On yeah, the, I mean, On the internet or in real-life scenarios, where are they and how do you reach them? I will say newsletter is going to be your best bet because you, you're never going to have to worry about that. That is your newsletter. You just have to make good content that people want to open and read and click. Like, make good content on a newsletter and people will subscribe. We don't really have an issue with like, uh, oh, we send one newsletter and it has a dramatically different open rate. Like people who like our newsletter, the published press, they open it, click, they read it. Like that is our core. Uh, Same with our Discord. Our Discord Mm -hmm. community is like, people are there. Speaking of Discord, remember last, or the last episode we did, which was before I went to Europe. Yeah. We talked about walking YouTube. And yes. the creator who was asking us how to monetize walking YouTube, and I suggested tourism boards, he posted in our Discord an email that he sent to tourism boards. That's so cool. Yeah, let's see if it works let's out. Let's see if it works. I'm like so connected to the story. Yeah. Um, we should address the elephant in the room, right? Where? It's on your head. Ah, yeah. yes. That was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's a jet lag joke. But you're jet lagged and you're out of let's, it. Let's address the elephant in the room. Yeah, where? where? Come on. Ugh. Yeah, stop uh, it. <laughs> so Colin is wearing a camo press publish hat, which he showed up to to London with. I surprised you with it. Yeah, and then you go, I got one for you. And I was like, amazing, can I have it? It's back in the US. Who says that? Who says, uh, <laughs> who says Look, I'm, man, I already traveled with other published press hats. <laughs> I had a lot going on. <laughs> I didn't bring it. And maybe I wanted to be the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, for this period it. of time. But I saw it and we were talking, uh, we were talking on the tube, which is the London train if you don't know subway uh subway train uh underground the underground yeah so we were chatting on that and i was looking at the hat i was like you know at first i was kind of like are we gonna do a camo press publish hat Mm -hmm. like that's so strange i was just testing the waters just seeing how you react but then i put it on and i was like okay i'm not really into like hunting at all i'm not into that vibe uh and then I put it on and I was like, okay, I kind of get it. And I look at it now, I'm like, I kind of I kind of get it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And then we were sitting and we were like, we were talking about like like opportunity hunters, like what's a what's a hunting vibe? And then we landed on story hunters. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, oh, that's cool. Story hunters. And then I said, point and shoot. 
And now it's a whole campaign. And now it's a whole thing. Now we couldn't stop talking about it. We were like, oh, that's cool. Story hunters, point and shoot. Yeah. So I'm saying this because, A, we want to ask for feedback. So people who are watching right now, give us feedback. Would you buy this camo hat? Should this be our next drop? And did I say A or one? I said A. Okay. B, we'd love to collaborate with someone in our community on the designs for this. Like we'd love to make a cool story hunters campaign and design for the shirts um, and collaborate with someone in our community. So if you have like a pitch for us and you want to hit us up or your designer, hit us up. Discord's going to be the best place to do that. And let us know because I would love to collaborate with someone on that. This will most likely be the next drop as a part of Press Publish, yeah. which is our merch, or the drop after that. Yeah. So when you're pitching your designs, I would think about a t-shirt mainly. Mm -hmm. Front and back Yeah, like a, a logo. Yep. Yeah. All right. Speaking of front and back of a t-shirt and a logo, I bought Ryan's Penny Series merch. Same. You bought Ryan's Penny Series merch. We bought the same shirt, Which is unfortunate. We got to start talking about. We got to start talking about that. Yeah. Um, but Ryan's Penny Series um, was something I caught up with after my trip as well and like was able to watch uh, with my wife, Katie, and like his... His personality is so, I don't know what the word is. It's like contagious or just like, it's so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And something I really loved, we, we talked to Max Fosh about this yesterday, but the concept of like serialized content and taking Penny Series, which was 30 days last year, bringing it to Europe and having it be seven days. I think that was really smart. And I love something that's ephemeral. I think... Sometimes it's overwhelming to be an audience and watch something that's not ephemeral, that has no end date. Yeah. And I think it was really nice to watch. Seven's the right number. You think? Too. I think so. I think the, the, the Penny series was an unbelievable, challenging feat. Yeah. And it was interesting to tune in every day to see if he could do it. For me, uh, finding out which state he was going to be in next was not as interesting as finding out which country. country. He was yeah, in that's a they big speak deal. a different language. Yeah, yeah, that totally. was super interesting. So I was actually a little bit skeptical going in because I was like, is it going to be the same exact thing? Mm. Is he going to do the same exact things to make money? And he did do a lot of the sim but, same thing. But he changed his environment, yeah. But he changed his environment and it was super interesting. Uh, which is honestly really smart. He was like, I don't need to reinvent. I'm still going to sell water. I'm going to do the caricatures. But if I do that in Europe, there's going to be different reactions. And the imagery was just so interesting. Like I, The same way that here in London, just by walking around, I feel like I'm learning. Mm, like yeah. I've never been to... The countries that he went to. Yeah. So every shot was just more interesting. Every interaction he had with someone was more interesting. And, you know, you mentioned you were watching with Katie. Like, mm -hmm. I was watching with Madeline, and, and we finished one episode, and she was like, she had to go. And she was like, wait, don't watch the next one without me. Yeah. And I was like, what is this, Netflix? Ryan's good. And that's so, that says a lot that he's created something on YouTube that's episodic, which is not super typical. common, Yeah. where you have that feeling of, oh, I have to binge this, because I waited until the end. Yeah. Totally. So uh, here's a topical questions. Uh, it comes from John Ferguson. He says, do you still feel that creators get away with themselves being the brand? For instance, Ryan Trahan doesn't have a specific type of video. He's always doing something different, but people will watch whatever Ryan is doing. Do you think that can still be done if starting a channel now in 2023? That can always be done. <laughs> Depending on your personality, right? Like depending yeah. on if you, uh, if you can bring your personality forward in your videos and you have a personality that can connect with people, like that, that can always be done. Yeah. There's no, there's no like, oh, that was a thing last year. No. That's yeah. not like a meta. That is like your personality. 
Yeah, that's a yeah, constant. That, that's not even, yeah, that's that's a full constant. Um, he's incredibly unique. There's not that many people who can do it, who have that, like, that thing in them that's just, like, that's their personality. But, of course you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say, like, Amelia de Moldenberg is, is another person to me who's right now just, like, watching her clips. She did the um, the pink carpet for Barbie here in London. Can I read this question again while you yeah. talk about Amelia? Yeah, watching her uh engage with Ryan Gosling and see like this really funny awkward bit and knowing her in person being like she just has it like that is her that's her thing she has it yeah i th- i think this is very much the beauty of youtube it goes back to the whole broadcast yourself slogan like mm-hmm. this is the wonderful thing about making videos over time you and i have been doing this too like our channel's called Colin and Samira we've made every different type of thing There are some people who are still watching us now six years later or if they watched our previous channel 10 years later, but there are elements of our personality, our chemistry, and things that have carried through no matter what we're talking about or what style of video we're making uh, that have, I'm sure, been the reason that some people are still here that are like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was like into lacrosse and then I followed them to this whole creator thing and I'm still, still checking it out. All right. Question from Sadie. Hi, this is more of a video request, but I didn't know any other way to contact you. Anyway, <laughs> I've noticed that you've never dived into BookTube. And I, for one, would love to see some sort of episode about it. I think there's an interesting discussion to be had about the rapid rise in book sales since 2020. With the introduction of so much short-form content, do people now want to consume longer-form media? What does this mean for the creator economy? Of course, this is just scratching the surface, and there's far more to discuss. A great person to talk to might be the king of BookTube, Jack Edwards. So I'm assuming that BookTube is YouTube's version of Book, Book Talk, Talk. Yeah. which which on, we have talked about in the published press a lot, many yeah, times. Yeah, a lot. We so, t- we've talked about that in the newsletter quite a bit. Book Talk are TikTok creators talking about popular books. Essentially, yeah. a lot of them running their own almost like book clubs. It's digitally. like a decentralized book club. Yeah. yeah, it's super interesting. And this to me is just like branding, marketing, uh, you know, it's one thing to walk into Barnes and Noble or go on Amazon and be like, here's the number one book of the summer. But if you see someone who you feel like you could be friends with telling a really good story about a great story you should know about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's all it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I have to read that book. It's also like uh, tapping into like the collective. Like I was thinking about this. It's like everyone's reading this book and you get to feel a part of it. It's like when I was watching Succession and after the, after Sunday night, after watching Succession, I would go on Twitter to see the memes because I was like, oh, I'm a yeah. part of this. I'm a part of this collective. So any piece of media that everyone is consuming and creating about, it's like this this concept that um, we talked to Kevin Alaka about, um, which was that virality comes from participation. And I think right now we're in a very participatory era where ev- like if I'm going to engage with something, I want to participate in it. So like if I'm reading a book, I want to pop on TikTok and hear someone else's perspective or like make my own video or hop on YouTube and talk about it. Like, and there's a community to receive it. Yeah. Also, can we be really honest for a second? Yeah. This is not an attack. How much do you read? N- not at all. I listen. Yeah. Okay. But even how much do you listen to a book? You Pretty listen, often. But you okay. listen to podcasts. Yeah, but I listen to books. Okay. I don't read that much. Okay. I do read. Okay. But it feels great to say I read a book. The yeah. less that people read, the more enjoyable it is to say you read or that you read. Mm. So as it starts taking up like space on TikTok, you're like, mm, that's kind of an interesting identity for me. 
I'd like to be the person who reads. I am not following at all. What are, are you, you talking kidding about? me? What it's are the you same talking thing about? with you listening to an audiobook and yeah. saying, Yeah, I read a book recently. You didn't read it, you listened to it, but yeah. you said you read it because you want to be seen as a reader. Yeah, but I don't say that anymore after I posted my Instagram that asked the question and people vehemently said, You can't say you read it. But I'm saying the motive behind why you said you read when you really listened. Yeah, yeah. To be a reader is Was like to, to be, be yeah, exactly. To be a reader is like a highbrow thing That's to be. That's what I'm saying. I don't get it. Come here's, on. Here's the next question from Ryan. If I want to get a job with a company like Spotter or Night Media, what steps should I take to stand out? I want to work to bring ideas that YouTubers and other social media talent have to life, especially in a business sense. You're a little bit closer to like Night Media yeah, and, yeah. and some of these I would say, groups like Spotter. I would and, say we're really close to the Spotter really team. We're really close to Spotter. Yeah, we're really yeah. close to the Spotter team. So um, my recommendation, just from like, I've, I've spent time in the Spotter office. You know, we've spent time with a lot of people who work at Spotter. Um, they are all like, honestly, actually really into the creator economy. So mm -hmm. I would say the first step is like, uh, be very knowledgeable, be very aware and very empathetic to all sides of those two companies, right? If you're those are two companies you want to work at, study how Spotter works, study their business and look at the roles they're hiring for, but really deeply understand and be like, okay, I really understand creators because I watch a ton of them. Maybe I even have done calls with creators. Maybe I've gone to a ton of creator events. I'm actually creator obsessed and creator, like into mm -hmm. creators. And then try and understand Spotter. And if you can, maybe connect with someone on LinkedIn and be like, hey, what are the pain points? How can I, like, how does this work? Just try and get educated. But like, you know, it's all very new. The, these, the creator economy is still very new. So it's not expected, I don't think, that you're this person who has like tons of experience and, um, you know, in this specific thing. Um, but I do think it's expected to have a, have experience with creators and be actually into creators. And providing value and to providing creators. Value, yeah. If you look at the Spotter Summit last year, who was there? Creators? Yeah. People and companies who provide value to creators. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spotter actively is looking for people who provide value to creators. Right. To provide value to the creators they work with and that they provide <laughs> yeah, value yeah. to. So I think if you want to work with creators, there are so many of us who have so many problems we need to solve. If you just start trying to solve some of the problems mm -hmm. and become some of their teams, that's like, you know, I would rather, if I was at a spotter or a night media, I'd rather hire someone who has experience working with a creator. Yeah. And that's totally. an option. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I do think there's opportunities to get experience now. To get experience like in the trenches with creators. Actually, something I just saw on LinkedIn, uh, Eric just hired a COO. Uh, this guy announced he's the he's the COO of Eric, and I think uh, I bring this up because I think that this is going to be so much more common. Preston also um, Preston plays. He there was an insider article that covered. He brought in an in-house manager and said his his brand deal rates have gone up, and I think we're starting to see this world of like the. The, the creator teams are starting to develop. We're like, there's like executive levels. Like Eric hired a C-level person, a chief operating officer in his company. Like that's super interesting. And obviously led by Jimmy and led by, you know, some of these legacy companies. Um, but it is very interesting to me to see that these are, th there's like opportunities to move up in these creator companies now. Like you can start and then you can grow into a C-level person at a creator company. I know that's been around for a while, but I don't know. It's just like, well, I mean, Eric hasn't been around for that it's long. It's been around, but not at scale. Not at that scale. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of scale, Dude Perfect became the front logo sponsor for Burnley Football Club, like a professional 
football club. Is this a welcome to Wrexham? I don't type know. Of move? Maybe, but we got to talk to them. Where's, I think it's super what's cool. What's the they called? Burnley? Burnley. I don't know where they are. Is that over here in the UK? I don't know. I saw it right before. Oh, wow. This phone has Instagram. So I opened Instagram. So you're plugged and in. I saw and I was like, whoa, Instagram's crazy. It's so exciting. Got it. You're feeling There's so the many updates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many things you can learn about. You just got to get them all out. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. What are some ideas for a new approach to a finance channel? Hi. I've been part of a successful podcast for the past few months and have built up editing, speaking, and thumbnail skills. Now, I want to branch out and do a channel in the finance niche, since I personally enjoy finance and have a keen interest in introducing more people to it. I personally have been trying to think of a new interesting angle to present it so that I can grab a newer, more uninitiated audience to the finance niche or just provide a more entertaining and useful information to the current audience. What are some ideas that you guys have? So from my experience, some of the channels that I love the most when it comes to like entrepreneurship and finance are when the creator is doing something entrepreneurial, mm. trying yes. to make money totally. and teaching you through their wins, their and losses. losses. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that to me is always the most interesting because it's actually a story. It's not just delivering education. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my favorite. The other one I would say, coming off the heels of speaking with Max Fosh, his video where he takes out life insurance yeah. while he's risking his life wing walking yeah. in a seat attached to an airplane. <laughs> yeah. You could give financial advice yeah. while skydiving, well, while bungee jumping. Okay, my issue with that, if you're really serious I'm, about— I'm not serious Yeah, about No, that but I'm not, not you. Not, not you. I was saying if, if, if the creator is really serious about being like a, a true financial channel, yeah. I don't want, I want my financial advice from a really trusted <laughs> That's person. That's true. Like I, the, the thing that you I have to remember. Gimmicks, like, yeah, the thing you have yeah. to remember is if you zoom out and think I'm creating a product, right? I'm asking people to invest time. They're going to get a return on the investment. I'm creating a product. The product is trust that you're creating uh, when you're a finance channel. So like if you're, if, if you watch Graham Stephan or you watch um, Andre Jick or like any of the other, you know, finance channels, like if you're, if you're, watching them, you watch them because you trust them. Mm -hmm. And if anything breaks that trust or credibility, immediately you've lost an audience. Like that, that is the whole thing. It's predicated on trust. So I think, um, you have to really think about not being corny or like over the top with, with a new idea being like, I'm going to combine a challenge video in finance. Well, I guess you could do that, which is like a challenge myself to make X dollars and whatever. But I agree. Like I think, um, Daniel Inskeep from Mango Street has Mm -hmm. done some of that where you're like, watching him day trade or you're learning about uh, his different side hustles, like hey, his seven income streams. And he's showing you like, oh, I make music over here and this is how much that makes. And yeah. here's the YouTube channel. Like I actually think Daniel Inskeep is a good um, good reference to watch some of his videos because some of his are really, really engaging, interesting, and you're watching him go through an experience. I would say too, make sure to define your audience. You can't really speak to everyone. Yeah. You know, like even like in finance is pretty big. That's a big audience. You look at Ms. Dow Jones. Mm -hmm. It's so clear who she's speaking to. That's true. When it comes to like, I think she calls out millennials all the time. Yeah. Right. And so even the way that she will tell a story in an Instagram reel or a TikTok is like the hook will be something around if you buy avocado toast or a coffee every day. Right, which is like yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. attacked now, yeah. and I need yeah, to know yeah. what's going to happen if I continue to yeah. to buy these things. Or there was one I think she had about like if you eventually want to fly first class on flights, here's how to like save money to do that or something. Yeah. Like these are things uh, 
I think there are like interesting hooks that can identify the audience you're speaking to. Yeah. You can be clear with That's like true. titles, thumbnails, and hooks, the segment of the audience. Uh, Tori Dunlap is another creator. Yeah. Um, she's known as the financial feminist, and her community is called Her First 100K. And all of her branding is around Her First 100K, and it's all about building, you know, this community of, of female entrepreneurs who, like, are essentially sharing their first 100K. Like they're, yeah, they're looking journey. to get to their first $100,000 yeah. in their bank account. Yeah, and sharing their journey to that. Um, so that's like an example of, hey, can I pair community with finance? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's interesting to me. Um, so I would think about some of those, and I would study the niche. Like we're, we're working on this course right now where a lot of it is teaching you how to study. Like a lot of it is teaching you how do I understand what's out there and how do I understand how to come up with a unique idea within that niche? So- I'm actually like, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, okay, some of the exercises we've come up with in the worksheets are like really good, actionable ways for you to study and learn how you can be different. Um, but that that would be my recommendation is like study. Mm-hmm. Study what else is out there. I want to offer a delight. Please. The sound in here is so good. It's so quiet. It's scaring me. We don't even have headphones on, but I feel like I'm listening to the show as the show is happening. I've never heard silence like this. No. Can you hear that? It's deafening. It's deafening. It's it actually freaks me out. Me like too. I'm scared of the silence in here. I can't this, tell if I'm when I stop speaking if I chose to stop speaking or if it's just being sucked out. Yeah, it feels like that. It's like that Ryan Trahan video. Uh, what is it? Like I I survived like the world's quietest room. This is this is that challenge. I for can me. hear my heartbeat yeah. <laughs> in my ears. It's really different to be on a completely different set. Actually, it's been really like I think even doing this right now, it's almost like. We're trying to get comfortable in this space because it's so different than our show and our our set. Um, it's amazing. It's it's more professional than what we do in our space. It's I feel like, like we're on the radio. Yeah, it feels like we're like doing something really official, which is what's funny. It feels so different. It's crazy. One of the first things I noticed when I got here and I texted you was the sheer amount of prime in London. It's unbelievable. It unbelievable. Like, that is just one store of many. It was like floor-to-ceiling Prime. Like, completely insane. Also, Prime, in a little bit of controversy right now, maybe in the U.S. Let's talk about it. I love that I can say, in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Back across, across the, the pond. pond. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Chuck Schumer. Chucky. Is a Prime. <laughs> is that what you call him? No, I've never said that. Uh... <laughs> I've actually never talked about him, so. Yeah. The Shoom Dog. Yeah, yeah he's up on stage yeah. with holding uh, the Prime Energy Drink. Crazy. And I guess the FDA is investigating it because potentially there is too much caffeine, maybe? I can't imagine I, they I would actually put think out it's, a drink yeah. that clearly goes against. Like, it's a bit confusing. So it, it basically they said it has um, like six times the amount of caffeine as Coca-Cola okay. <laughs> and double the amount as Red Bull. Which is completely wild. Like, that's a lot of caffeine. Um, and the thing that, that Chuck Schumer said is that it's marketed towards kids. That mm. was his issue um, that he brought up. Was that like a, a, a drink that's marketed towards kids, it has too much caffeine. I, it's like it's, it seems like wild, but I do think it's, we're, we're approaching this moment where specifically Prime and Feastables, in my opinion, and, and more Prime right now, is reaching a critical mass that is... I don't know that they expected how big it is. Like, if you really zoom out and think about how big Prime is, it's completely insane. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, for a U.S. senator to step in and talk about it and, and be like, this is concerning for our youth, is wild. Probably, 
pretty good marketing for Prime. Oh, amazing marketing. The fact yeah. that Logan even has to get on Instagram and yeah, say that they have it. been compliant and yeah. show all the headlines. I feel like they're at an all press is good press moment. Yeah. And like there's in a, little a way bit with of Prime, a... unless like I think they still have the scenario where Logan and KSI need to be uh need to take note. Not that they, like they just they're still such leaders of the brand. Like they're not separated from the brand, which is a unique creator yeah. uh concern, I think, when you have like a creator led company, is that at any moment, who are we speaking to? Uh a creator who was like, Oh, Doug DeMuro. Yeah who obviously, like, took a major investment for cars and bids, he was like, isn't it crazy that, like, what if I, he goes, what if I murder someone? (laughs) And, like, he's being hyperbolic. Yeah. But he's just saying, isn't it crazy that they're putting so much faith in me and I'm just one person that could potentially do anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. But I I don't know. I mean, I think it is, like, Jay, we had coffee with Jay Alto this morning, and he was talking about how, like, having a prime, especially before it officially launched in the U.K., and I, even now, he said having a prime was like having Bape, which is like, you know, street, uh, like at least a couple of years ago, it was like streetwear, like kind of like Supreme. Like it's like you have something that's hype and cool. And anything like that, a brand that's like hype, cool youth culture, if the government is against it, it's so much better for the hype and cool factor of the brand. Yeah. Like it just exponentially grows the cool factor of the brand. Yeah, this is like the government banning like rap and yeah, NWA. Like when yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the radio won't play it, or like the government wants to ban it. It's like way cooler, and you just like made it way, way, way cooler in youth culture. So I was surprised to see how prevalent it is here. Like it, it almost like sometimes I forget that this is like an international drink. I saw some TikToks of Prime in India getting stocked in India, and I was like, oh man, this is a. This thing is going to dramatically change their lives. Yeah, we made a video a year and a half ago saying that they were going to sell it. It was our our ten billion right? prediction was that they would sell it and for ten billion dollars. And that's yeah. just like at the time when we made that video, I was like, yeah. I mean, we we talk about Gatorade and the competitors and how much Lucas competitors Aid. have been bought for in the past. Yeah, and Body Armor right what, had sold for eight billion, something like that. Yeah, and that's how we came up with the ten billion number. Yeah. But even then, I was like, this is early. They just launched this thing. It's a fun conversation, but yeah. who knows? And now, when I look at that 10 billion number and I'm seeing culturally the relevance of it, how early it is still, I'm like, wow, maybe maybe more. Potentially conservative, that number now. Yeah, I think we knew, what we knew when they launched was if they do it right, if it's all done correctly, that outcome could happen. And what's amazing is they have, they've done that and more, in my opinion. Like, they've really navigated this super well. Like, dude, they, they sp- sponsored FC Barcelona. So they, they also sponsored the LA Dodgers. <laughs> when that announcement came out, I was like, what's next? Like, the Lakers and, like, Drake is going to come like, out, like, with wait, Prime? what's happening at Gatorade or Powerade? Yeah, are like, they, how, like, how are who, we losing the Dodgers? In, in whatever department that is at you yeah. know, Gatorade or Powerade, how are they seeing, like, the L.A. Dodgers and are just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's crazy. Like Even Angeles, FC Bar- Barcelona or Arsenal, like, what? Arsenal is playing Barcelona in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. I am going, which I'm very excited about. Whoa. You cannot. Um, but, like, even that, that's both, but they sponsor both of those teams. That that's is crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, like, a huge football match in the States and, like, 
The company didn't exist three years ago. Yeah, that, that to me, it's like completely insane. We, um, in our physical edition of the published press, covered 365 days of Prime. If I were to say that that's bonkers, is that? I think you should say it's mad. Vera, is that right? Mad. Vera? Yeah, okay, she's Vera says mad up. over mad. bonkers. Yeah, bonkers is not. Bonkers is just. That's not, no one says that. We just call that lame. That's chuggy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? You're going to call me Chugi? Yeah, man. I think it's Chugi to even use that word. It's like <laughs> it? that. Like, yeah, like Chugi is old. It's like people don't even say that word anymore. Um, physical news. Vera, did people say Chugi in the UK? No, no one says it in the UK. Yeah, no, no, she said no. that. Um, physical copies of the published press. While I was gone, that was another thing that happened. There's there so many things that happened while I was on break. It was almost insane. The Mr. Beast episode went out. The Dream episode went out. And we launched a campaign to sell the last of the physical copies of the published press. Yeah, we sold out. That's, that's wild. Yeah, man. You leave the country and a yeah, lot happens. Yeah, a lot happens. You know, like, a lot like, happens at the like office. Like so much progress was made when I left. That's crazy. Yeah, very unique for us that that you could be, or one of us could be sort of unplugged yeah. and episodes Full, could come out. And like fully unplugged. It, it really is a testament to our team right now and uh, like just what we've built, like this is really unique. We haven't been able to really actually take breaks and now we can, which is crazy. Like I actually took a break. It was really nice. To, I, and I think like for creators, what I would urge is like an honest break because I've taken breaks before where I'm like somewhere else, but connected to YouTube studio constantly, or, you know, or, or like it's a, on it's Slack. It's a break because we're not uploading YouTube videos, but we're still working I, on the videos. So I don't count feel that. that different. I'm talking about like if I go somewhere oh, else. on vacation? Like, uh, like somewhere with Katie, like uh, like out to another country or another, you know, place. Sometimes I do that, but I'm still like on Slack and on YouTube. Like getting rid of all the apps, like not having data was one of the most powerful things for me. Of Just like two weeks, you're unplugged. Don't be afraid. I would say that a lot of that came from Tim Ferriss from our conversation with Tim Ferriss, when he was like talking about fear setting. So he said, basically, if you're scared to take a break, go down that path of what would happen. So you don't reply to an email, you know, and then what? And then what? And then what? And like get, get to that point. And then, and then write down also, how could you reverse that? Or how could you like rep, like just repair that damage that happens if, if it actually did happen? Colin tanks the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How could you uh, put systems in place so that it doesn't happen, which yeah. is really easy. And you start to realize like, oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm fearful of all of this, but that's actually like, it's really not a big deal. Yeah. It's not like- Fear not, is not based in that it, much reality. It's not based in reality. Yeah. It's so powerful to realize that. And also there's comfort in working and obsessing over it and getting anxious because it's yeah, all you know. It's all you know. And you yeah. worry that if you don't, if you're not anxious. I think I've been afraid of rest. You know, like rest is scary because it's like, what do you do? What does that mean? What do you do when you just like lay down? Like, what do you, and you watch Love Island. That's not rest. Is that rest? It's exhilarating. Yeah, maybe it's not rest. <laughs> I haven't watched Love Island since the first season I watched of it, which was exhilarating, but then I never watched again. It was yeah, too much of a time commitment. It's a big time commitment. It's like, yeah. it, dude, it's 52 hours. I think 55. 55 yeah. hours it's is insane. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> of a like lot, one show. That's, I feel like it's, that's it's, crazy. It's prepared me to come here to the UK, I think. It's, <laughs> it's made me excited to be here. Okay. Uh, I think we're deep, deep in the deep end if we're talking about Love Island. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. That makes yeah, sense. We are deep in the deep end right mm -hmm. now. Um, speaking of the deep end, on Discord, there was a creator who posted that he crossed 100,000 subscribers. 
and his girlfriend bought him a bottle of champagne with a guy with a snorkel on it to represent the deep end. And I was like, that is so cool. Snorkels and snorkel merch yeah. should come. When that you're at is a the point thing where do. your significant other knows that you not only like our show, <laughs> but you like, but you the- like watching until the very end, <laughs> and they good. know that it matters yeah. to you enough to go find a, a gift that represents yeah. the deep end. That's wild. That's crazy. I had a thought today on the way over here. What if the deep end and the term, like the deep end, becomes part of just like normal conversation for people? Like it started here. <laughs> and now we're in the deep end? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, like, yeah and yeah. it means like fandom, sort of. Like people are like, no, I'm not just like, like I'm in the deep end with Prime. Mm, yeah, that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, I tried to make a word happen when I was younger. Like, did you go to the Dodger game? And you're like, oh, yeah, go to every one. I'm in the deep end, man. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. What, that, right? that. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. it'll take yeah, off yeah. And, and everyone here will know that like, wow, that's where that started. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, right. yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we make it a thing. Just stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> the, the thing I wanted to share here, because we're in the deep end, was a gripe. And th- this gripe actually manifested today. And it, it, meaning... Like I saw, I'm so sorry. I saw it in front of my eyes. I've had this gripe for a long time, but I just want to air this out. Okay. So today we're at our flat in London, which uh, for you Americans is an apartment. Um, (laughs) And you've been calling it flat since moment one. Yeah, of course. You're like, hey man, you're like, here's directions to the flat. Today I asked someone where the loo was. Like I'm, I'm in, man. I'm in the culture. To I just said holiday. To Before Vera. we started recording to Vera, yeah. and I was like, I don't say holiday. Yeah, but it's I so mean fun, vacation. man. Come on. It is fun. Yeah, it's great. Uh, okay, so today in our flat, we recorded for the Yes Theory podcast uh, with Matt from Yes Theory. So Matt came over, we recorded an episode with him, and we were moving the couch around to get better natural light so that we could film it. And as we were moving the couch around, a massive spider, like a massive spider. It was a big dog. Comes out of the couch and starts crawling. And He was uh, fast. Matt and Dez were like, oh my God, a, a spider. And I was like, I, oh, I like froze. I was like, that is the biggest spider, like a biggest casual spider I've seen. I've seen a tarantula, that's big. But this was but like- it wasn't casual. No, this is a casual spider. The tarantula I saw was like out in the wilderness. So it was like, I get it. There's a tarantula. Got it. Um, but in this context, like a domestic spider. Yeah. I think that's the right Yeah, word. that's right. It not wasn't casual. a casual spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a domestic. Not like a, not like yeah, a casual versus casual. like a formal spider. Exactly. But like, yeah, a big, yeah. big spider. And like- when you're recording a podcast, you need like the energy. You need to get into the right energy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you need to be in the right vibe. You don't this, need spider energy. You don't need spider energy. Mm-mm. No, not at all. This thing is big. And in my head, Matt seems very confident. He's like, hey, I'll take care of this. But take care of it, I assumed he meant like, I'll kill it. My gripe, and I might get like, who knows? Maybe this is the end of my career. I might get canceled for this. But like my gripe is with people who say, let's not kill it. Let me find an ulterior, like an alternate route. Let me pick it up with my hands and get it outside. Let's not kill that thing. Specifically with spiders. And that's what Matt did. And it was insane. It took 10 minutes, I think, of trying to get this huge spider in his hands. It would crawl up his arm. Well, stop right there. Get this spider in his hands. That's a maniac move. Yeah, agreed. That's crazy. I'm not going to yeah. comment on whether we should have ended the spider's life or not. I think, <laughs> I, I, you know, that's... I will go on the record saying I, my preference would have been to kill the spider. I'm happy with the outcome of what happened, but I, my preference would have been to kill the spider. Not willing to share my view on yeah. it. Uh, 
but my issue was the way that he handled the spider. Yeah, sure. And as if it's totally fine to get down on your knees yeah. and then cup your hands and be like, that was crazy. come over here, spider. That was crazy. I'm like, you know that's a spider. And yeah. then it was crawling up his arm. And then it fell off his arm. Like, let's and, do this and, again. And then it went somewhere under the couch and he was like, I don't know where it is. Let's just sit down Look, and start the recording. Proper spider etiquette, yeah. if you're not going to kill it, mm-hmm. is to get a cup or a big piece of paper. Sure. Yeah, agreed. Right? Yeah. You don't just pick it up with your but hands. But that whole thing, that's my gripe. That whole charade, yeah. that whole thing, I'm not bigger than that. I'm not bigger than killing a spider. I'll kill a spider. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creator <laughs> Support from London. As you can tell, a little bit of jet lag, a little bit of wacky energy here in London, but uh, appreciate you guys listening, watching, viewing, subscribing. Uh, if you are a part of the Discord, thank you. We are almost at 7,000 members of our Discord. That's amazing. Uh, the conversations are great in there. Um, and are we if, in the deepest end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And, Welcome, everyone, yeah. to the deepest end of the show. <laughs> and if you do have a pitch for us, if you want to collaborate with us on creating a design for our Story Hunters drop, let us know. Hit us up on Discord. All right. We won't see you for a bit because Colin's about to go on vacation. So our next episode will probably be in like three weeks. Um, we will still have some episodes come out um, on the main channel and on this RSS feed. But if we don't see you for a little bit, it's because Colin's on vacation. But we'll see you in August. All right. <laughs>